Hey, boys and girls, welcome back to the only Sharks podcast that is unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, and commercial-free. The Pucknologist here on Teal Town, USA. It was a busy week of hockey for the Sharks as they went 4-1 and one over five games. And some new Sharks picked up their first-ever NHL goals. We'll dive into that along with the Evander Kane suspension, Sharks statistics so far, notes from opening night, and more. But first, do us a favor. Remember to subscribe. Follow us on the social media. Mm-hmm. It's one of those days already, isn't it? Wah! <laughs> YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. If you'd like to support the show, you can always use the Super Chat option during the live shows, but we appreciate it. On Venmo, you can find us at Teal Town USA right over there. So, let's go. And uh, welcome to the show. I'm AJ. We got Hockey Jerkman rocking that Carlson shirt, and I'm sure I'm going to get carved in a little bit. How about you doing, buddy? So a little Easter egg that I just noticed. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you happen? Do you happen to know what uh, what jersey number Eric Carlson wears? Thought it was 65, but I I've been wrong before. You're correct. What's um, what I found to be quite interesting is. He currently has six points in five, <laughs> five games. Ah. So, uh, well, you got their numbers. You know, just um, just another way for him to stick it to you. But go ahead. <laughs> so let's get into this. You know, normally we would start with the first game, but it just dropped about an hour ago that the Sharks have announced that they've traded Dylan Gambrell to the Ottawa Senators for a seventh round pick in next NHL draft. Uh, I mean, I'm on record saying that I didn't think Gambrell would have even gotten a contract extension if not for needing a warm body for the expansion draft. Uh, Begs the question, how many former Sharks are now Senators? I mean, talk about loving a dance partner. So right now, as it stands, according to Cap Friendly, Sharks now have three picks in the seventh round draft. Uh, Jerk, your thoughts on this? Well, first things first. I mean, I I think it goes without saying because it's been said many times before, but I'll say it again. I, I, I like Dylan Gambrell as a player. Obviously I don't think he's come anywhere close to what we all anticipated his ceiling was five years ago when he was drafted. But it, I I'm happy for him because he gets a new opportunity in a new city and you just hope that it works out for him on a, on a personal level. But from the sharks perspective, they get that seventh round pick, which is nice. We know they love to, you know, snap seventh round picks around up and down all day um, on that second day of the draft. So it's another piece of late game currency for them. But to take a guy with a second and then flip him for a seventh, I mean, it's, that's a net loss when you break it down. Yeah. Now we'll have to see what the what the Sharks get with this seventh round pick, whether it's a drafted player or they trade it for something else. You know, we'll the um, – the Dylan Gambrell story is not closed yet um, because of this outstanding draft pick. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, just so choked up. Gambrell's leaving. Uh, <laughs> but good for him. Asset management for the Sharks, not so great. But I think the improved depth on the team sort of made this an okay move to make. Yeah. And from what I understand, Ottawa's kind of hurting right now with center depth. So. Yeah, well, yeah, for them, you know, Shane Pinto. Shane Pinto actually got hurt in the game against the Sharks. I believe it was Ferraro who yeah. took him out. Um, and then I can't say for sure, for sure, but I'm 
fairly certain that um, Colin White, another good young player who has played center, I believe he might be out for the entire year or a majority of the year. So you're right. They, um, you know, another warm body who can play in the NHL would not kill them at all. So there you go. Best wishes, Dylan. Uh, We move on. We had five games since the start of the season, or I guess, you know, this is the first episode for us for the season. Uh, How did I do on my predictions? I went three and five. I thought uh, that, you know, I I had my sheet filled out long ago of uh, basically the entire schedule where I thought they would uh, win and lose. And I, you know, I, I was, I was mistaken. I thought they would lose against Winnipeg, but I did have wins against Montreal and Ottawa. Had a loss against Toronto, though, but I did pick the loss against Boston. So two and three on, or three out of five on that. Not bad. It's a winning record, right? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I personally think um, making serious predictions uh, is a fool's game. I'm in the business of making fun, ridiculous predictions. Sure. Um, but. You know, if I had to break this down, I mean, I'm probably with you. You know, I based on everything we'd seen up to that point, um, I I don't want to say I was expecting it, but like had the Sharks lost to Winnipeg on opening night, I I wouldn't have been too surprised just based on what everybody said about the Sharks and what everybody said about the Winnipeg Jets. But, you know, at the same time, and I've kind of gone back and forth with a handful of people on this, but it's like, you, you get the people who are saying it's early, let's temper the expectations. But also, the Sharks were, for their standards, historically bad the last two years. I'm of the belief that, hey, 4-0 start, now 4-1 obviously with the outcome of today's game known. I think the Sharks should be very happy and proud with themselves for getting off to, you know, they showed up on time. You know, and they were all they were all business from the beginning, and we'll get into it obviously. But even in the Boston game, I thought after they, you know, they sort of played with their food a little bit, but they, you know, they got it figured out eventually, right? Yeah. So I think there's a lot to be happy about. Well, let's start with that opening night game and get everybody caught up here. <clears throat> Excuse me, boy, we're all choked up over the game bro thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the Sharks pull a 4-3 win opening night at SAP Center. The Sharks are able to come back from being down 2 nothing, scoring four straight, coming from Cogliano, Weatherby, Hurdle, and Balsers. Of note, the Sharks did exchange shorthanded goals in this one. Uh, the Sharks' power play did score twice, going 2-for-5. The penalty kill was a perfect 3-for-3. Three three. Big one for me, the Sharks winning 59% in the circle. Hurdle and Weatherby lead the charge in that one with two points on the night each. Then we head out to the Northeast. Another Canadian trip. Here we go. Sharks at Montreal. 5 nothing shutout for Aiden Hill. Jonathan Dolan would get his first two-way in NHL goals in the first three and a half minutes of this game. EK65 would drop the third goal in the final minute of the first Meyer and LeBanc toss in one each for good measure. The Sharks again score twice on the power play and go perfect. Three for three on the PK again. Increase themselves a little bit in that dot going 62%. The line of Dolan, Couture, and Meyer exploded accounting for seven points. And that is a line that we will be talking about in a little bit. Three for Timo, two each for Couture and Dolan. On the blue line, Carlson had a goal and two assists. And of note... Carlson playing significantly less ice time than last season and the season before, but does look like a hockey player again. Sharks at Ottawa. That's a 2-1 victory. 
for San Jose. Brady Kachuk in his season debut after getting his contract squared away. Reimer gets his first start of the season, and uh, the, the Sharks admitted it, it wasn't a pretty game, but those are the wins that bring you together. After going down 1-0 in the first, the Sharks would strike for two in the second from Couture, then LeBanc on the power play. Couture, Meyer, Eklund, LeBanc, Carlson, and Burns coming out of this with a three-point streak, or I'm sorry, a three-game point streak. Power, or the penalty kill continues to be perfect. The power play scores for the third straight. And this was EK65's first win with the Sharks over Ottawa. And uh, the there was a, a poll that was taken, evidently, that was mentioned on NHL radio that I thought was rather funny that said three years ago they took a poll about the EK65 trade. Three years ago they said it was the worst trade in franchise history for the Senators. Then like three days ago, they took the same poll, and many of those people are saying it's now the best trade in franchise history, so you make the call. Sharks at Toronto, it's a 5-3 victory. Boring first period, three goals scored within 75 seconds of the second with Couture opening. Spezza would tie it, but Meyer would take the lead right back. The Sharks allow another tying goal before Carlson, boom, scores again, gives the Sharks the lead. They would not give up. Jonathan Dolan gets his third of the season. Couture pots an empty netter to finish it. Hill made some amazing saves and kept the team in it. And to point out what a good feeling you got from this one, both Vlasic and Middleton got assists. Six points came from the Logan Couture line. That brings us to earlier today, Sharks at Boston, the first loss for San Jose this season on a ridiculous 10 a.m. game during NFL season. And I believe the Patriots were playing at the same time, so whatever. But it is the Sharks' fourth game in six nights. Notes out on this one. Eklund and Peterson coming in. Gadjevic and Barabanov, who, if you listen to some people jerk, uh, was playing his first NHL game, uh, despite playing 22 previous NHL games. I'm not sure how that works out. Uh, the Sharks gave up two in the first three and a half minutes, including Marchand scoring 28 seconds in. Sharks also allowed their first power play goal of the season from Pasternak. Uh, Weatherby got one back, but after DeBrus made it 5-4, or I'm sorry, 5-4, <laughs> made it 4-1 in the second, Hill would get pulled in favor of Reimer. Uh, I did think Hill looked a little shaky. A couple of those early Boston goals looked like they were pretty open looks. Not all his fault, but Hill did allow four goals on 14 shots. Reimer comes in perfect 20 for 20, and the Sharks make it interesting on tip goals from Hurdle and Meyer, but it took the Sharks almost 13 minutes to register a shot on goal in the third, during which Barabanov was bumped up to the Hurdle line, Balser's bumped down, which, if I remember correctly, we actually talked about over the last couple days on Discord. So, anyway, for that week of hockey, well, give me your good, your bad, and ugly. Or your your hat trick of comments. <laughs> oh, it's, I I've evidently bored hockey jerk to tears. He's left. <laughs> no, you know what I um <laughs> I I was thinking about the Gambrell trade again, and I actually started crying. So I just muted up real quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, watching these couple of games, uh, you know, I was like, I was as I was so I got to watch every game, obviously. Um, and kind of just making a little bit of mental notes on each one and then flipping through the game sheets uh, once again. And I have them all up, so I was flipping through them again as you were talking. A couple things came to mind. So in this game, Boston Bruins today, if you're listening live, 
you know, there were, and even Bob said it as well, you know, a couple of people were saying how Barabanov looked, you know, like he had the speed wobbles a little bit. Mm. I thought he looked good, you know, at least in the first half of the game. I thought he was, I thought he was one of the best forwards on the ice. You know, I mean, got an assist in his return. So the, uh, the Barabanov bump, if you will, that we saw last year is still alive and well. Um, and I'm just, I don't know. I, I, the thing that I've noticed from game to game, Vlasic's ice time is historically low, you know, and I think it's indicative of how the other guys in the team have played. I mean, obviously Burns and Carlson are going to munch the minutes. That's not a big secret, but Ferraro quietly, you know, it's, it's ironic that Vlasic has, you know, part of his first name is Edward because Mario Ferraro has become the steady Eddie back there where it's like, you know, you look, uh, Ferraro um, was second for defensemen in minutes today, and he was barely second. And he looked fine. Like, you know, he was playing well, dialed in, but he looked like he could have kept going. Oh, yeah. And so that's obviously good to see there. Um, I do want to, you know, again, I'm talking about things that just popped into my head as watching these games. Quick shout out to Mark, uh, our buddy, um, co our cohort here on the site. Um, Mark was getting some grief on Reddit uh, right before the season started because apparently he was too high on Jonathan Dolan. Now, hmm. guy's got three goals in five games. I, I think he's come as advertised, no? Uh, I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing. Yeah, so shout out to Mark uh, if you're listening. Um, you know, I, I was, and this is going to sound weird when it comes out, but I, I was not too upset to see Lane Peterson get scratched today. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just on record. I don't, we've only know, been I, talking about the guy for the last week. <laughs> right. And I don't, you know, that's not to say he's a bad player. Like, you know, like he, he's, he's a guy. Right. And my whole thing I've been saying is like, okay, you're, you're saying that John Leonard, or Noah Gregor, or Joachim Blickfeld, or Yoel Shellman. Like, they can't play that spot and done what he's done. And and if you look at the look at the game notes for all five games, you know, uh, with the exception of, like, you know, a couple seconds that he was on the ice, right? Lane Peterson is the only player who did not play, pow, excuse me, power play or penalty kill. Every other player had one or the other in addition to their five versus five minutes. So it kind of... How did did Gadjevic any get any special teams time today? Uh, he was yeah he got 13 seconds short shorthanded so you know you can say yeah he's probably he's getting the Peterson treatment as well but yeah I'm, but Gadjevic has an assist last time I looked he does Peterson, have a, Peterson he, doesn't and Pe- but Peterson does have at least one penalty he does have an assist I think also I mean he took one face off today and he won it so good for him mm-hmm. um, but I like the physicality he brought. Like, I know it's a different league and, you know, you don't need these guys, you know, tumbling around the ice anymore, dragging their knuckles, right? But it's nice to have a physical presence. And, you know, Gadjevich set the tone early. You know, he he was not afraid to get up in the business of anybody on the Bruins. And so I quite liked seeing that. I think ultimately I would like a player like that who maybe has got a little more in the tank in terms of offense and everything like that. But it's still early. Maybe Gadjevich is that guy. There you um, go. I don't really have a lot else to say about these games. I mean, the Sharks, the big uh, thing for me is that they faced adversity in every game. 
and in all but one of them, they were able to come back and win. And even in today's win, they or today's game, they almost came back. Yeah, so Bogner I think, in the post game saying he's like, you know, if there was another five minutes on that clock, yeah, just, just saying. I would agree with that, and and it's, you know, how many times these last two years, as I said, they've been kind of a disaster these last two years, but. How many times have we seen the Sharks get down early like they have in every game this season and the game's over at the end of the first period? Yeah. Well, and I kind of wonder, does uh, – yeah, I mean, I don't want to get too down the rabbit hole, but who do you think starts the next game in Nashville in net? You know? um, Reimer looked real good. I would say, like, I think no, you know, nobody on the staff is going to admit it, but just based on the how the starts have shaken out, Aiden Hill is the starter. Oh, yeah. So I think... You and know, I liked what I've seen from Hill until today. Today, like I said earlier, I thought he was a little shaky. The, a couple of those Boston goals early, I was kind of like, really? It seemed like he had a pretty good right. open look. Not much of a screen, but... I, I You know, I'm, I tend to give him the benefit of the doubt in this case only because the Sharks were... I mean, the shark. The first half of this game, the sharks. You talk about stumbling over yourself. <laughs> that was that was the sharks. Like I saw, I don't, I can't recall which period it was in, but there was one instance where, for it was right before. I want to say it was right before Jake DeBrusque's goal, which was the fourth goal of the game. Mm-hmm. Ferraro, Balsers, and Barabanov were all within like a square yard of where the puck was in the defensive zone. And I'm just thinking, I'm watching this. I'm thinking like, good Lord, like somebody get the puck out of the zone. <laughs> and that was, and, some, you know, well, that was something that Bugner also mentioned in the post game today was uh, that we, they just did not spend enough time in Boston's offensive zone. They were too busy just trying to clean up their own mess. So, right. And, and we saw in, in the third period, once the Sharks started to do what Bob is talking about, Hurdle gets a goal. Timo Meyer gets a goal. Like, and the Sharks were buzzing even to end that game. Like, I agree with Bob. If there's a couple more minutes left, maybe it's a tied game, and we're talking about something different. Hey, now, uh, just to let you know in the chat, I see you. <laughs> Racist fan rocks for how is everybody liking the NHL on TNT? We will get to that shortly. Don't worry, that's on the rundown. Uh, let's get to the statistics so far, though. Uh, the power play clicking at 29% right now. Currently 7th in the NHL. They'd scored at least one power play goal in three of five games. You got, I mean, they scored two power play goals in two of the games. Uh, that's a clear, clear <laughs> sign of things getting better, uh, mm-hmm. if you remember last season. Uh, the penalty <laughs> kill coming into Boston today was a perfect 10 for 10. Finished today, it's now 12 for 13, but uh, 92%, that's not bad. <laughs> Last I checked, that was good. Yeah, fourth in the league currently. Uh, the face-off win percentage, that started off very hot, like the like 61% through those first two games. They're now at 52%. Still, seventh in the NHL, better than 50-50. You got to like that. Yeah, and with stuff like that, like power play, penalty kill, face-offs, like it's, you know, that kind of stuff, it's so hard to critique that stuff, right? Because it's like, I feel like, after it's all said and done, right, you know, let's say it's the end of the year and you're you're looking at everything and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, like, okay, so these these four or five games, you know, these are the outliers. Mm-hmm. Well, all five of those games are going to be at the beginning of the season. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> Aiden Hill right now, goals against is 2-9-2. Two, two. Uh, again, 
you're talking a couple outliers here. Save percentage 890. You listen to that and you go, yikes. But, you know, if you toss out the Montreal shutout and you toss out the 718, I believe, was from Boston today, he's right in there where you need him to be. And he's three and one. You know, the what was it? Uh, you know, what's the most uh, important goalie statistic? Wins. Right. So. Uh, Reimer right now, 0.65 goals against with a 980 save percentage. If, yeah. if your backup's bringing that, I think you like that. Yeah, and, and, and for sure, you know, only one start and one relief effort. So by definition, he's not been tested much at all. But it's that old kind of saying that I stand by where it's like when your number's called, you got to be there. And so far, Reimer has. Uh, what, what is it? I had my guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, points from the blue line. Two goals, 12 assists. Of course, both of those goals coming from Eric Carlson, but that's another thing you have to be jazzed about is you're seeing more production from the blue line than you have the last couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Couture and Meyer currently tied for the lead in goals and points, each having uh, three goals, eight points. So this begs the question, you know it, we all love it. Who's leading in the module, Jerk? <laughs> well, let's take a look here. I got it all dialed up, ready to go for you. So uh, what do you want to know first? Uh, who has the most high-value points right now? So right now there are two players who are tied for high-value goals. It's Logan Couture mm-hmm. and Jonathan Dolan. Hey, now. Anybody so, else of note kind of standing out there for you? Uh, Jonathan Dolan, (laughs) the fact, the fact that, you know, he's got three goals on the year, one medium value two high value. I mean, again, it's early, Mm -hmm. but with young players, especially Jonathan Dolan, who's like, everybody's been all over him since he was drafted in 2017. And so far it's only been five games. It's early. We understand this, but to make an immediate impact when there's, you have no prior body of work in the NHL. It's mm-hmm. encouraging and it's good. And these are things that we, and when I say we, I mean the Sharks, were, were wanting out of everybody. Not just Jonathan Dolan, but I'm going to use him as an example. Like for years, the, the thing has been, well, we got these young players and we're going to get them in and it's going to be great. And it hasn't been so great. Yeah. <laughs> now... It has been. Jonathan Dolan leads the module, if if, if you subscribe to that, um, which if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you do. Jonathan Dolan leads the module. Um, but even guys not on the module, you know, William Eklund has, you know, he's played between preseason and regular season. He's played 10 games with the Sharks. He's got a point in every game except for the one against Toronto. Yeah. That's more... Uh, impressions from the youth early impressions that the sharks have been claiming they're going to have for the last two years and we're finally seeing it well the other thing of note i mean you mentioned dolan what can you say about timo meyer so far i think everybody owes him an apology (laughs) beast beast so far like this is the meyer i've been looking for uh, the Couture line with Meyer and Dolan, 19 points in five games. Right. And, like, there's you, – you'd be hard-pressed to find something about uh, Timo Meyer uh, 
as he's known in my house uh, by certain individuals as T, um, he, uh, you know, he's <laughs> he's uh, tied for the league uh, team in scoring, as you said, which is good because like he's a young, I would say, elite player and you need young elite players to carry your team. He's doing that. What I think really stands out to me, he's he's probably one of the most physical guys on the team. Like he's going to hit you and he plays on that line, that proverbial line that we always talk about through five games zero pims so he's he's making an impact but he's keeping it clean as well which we like to see and because well, wasn't that a thing for him with the uh, early on with the cuda oh yeah it was it was de- death taxes and a timo meyer minor penalty mm-hmm. and and so um now you know he's like i said he's making an impact physically but he's not allowing it to get him into trouble with penalties. And just a real quick, he's, you know, through five games, he's got 10 hits so far. Like maybe that's not a lot through five games, but any of those could have been a minor penalty and they weren't. Yeah. And he's getting that shot off. Yeah. And he's getting a shot off as well, which that my biggest complaint about him last year was his shot selection. It was like, Oh, okay. Get to the top of the faceoff dot, throw it at the goalie's glove. And we're going to go to commercial. (laughs) And now (laughs) like he's, He's still taking a crap load of shots. I mean, he's had 20 shots through the first four games. The stats for tonight's game are not updated. So 20 shots through the first four games, which is unreal. And then the the shots you're taking, they're they're more of the grade A variety. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And lastly, just talking about his PIMS as well. Yes, he's physical. He's throwing the body. But also, he's got four takeaways this year. And... You know, you know how they call penalties. Now, any of those takeaways can be a, a slashing penalty or a hooking penalty, and he's keeping it clean. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, the only thing that makes me somewhat nervous is the fact that Couture's line—they're the ones that are doing all the producing. I would like to see a little bit. Like I was kind of up on that first game with Hurdle and Balsers, and and now I'm kind of like, hmm, you know. And 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 Eklund had had some moves. But mm-hmm. I feel like we need to see a little bit more from that line, and I'm and maybe that's why Eklund watched from the uh, the box today. Maybe that's why Barabanov got bumped up. But that's something I definitely want to keep an eye on. I think it's also worth mentioning as well, and we've talked about this with the defense as well. But the hurdle line, whoever hurdle is playing with, like it could be hurdle, me, and you, <laughs> because hurdle is the center, the top center. He's out there the most. So you you can definitively say you're out there the most. You're going. Chances are you have a high, you know you have a higher chance of being scored on. And I think we were talking a few minutes ago about outliers. I think this is a, an outlier because we could easily see you know the Sharks' schedule they've got um, you know coming up in this week. And obviously we'll we'll break it down as we go along. But you know coming up this week they've got th- uh, three games. Uh, this week before our next show balsers could easily have a goal in every game. Like it's, you know, it's the first week. And I, and I would say, you know, them not really being on the score sheet outside of that first game. I would say that's one of those outliers that we're talking about. Yeah. And two of those games coming against teams that the sharks have already beaten. (laughs) And the third (laughs) is against a team that everybody is expecting to be bad. So, uh, right. Yeah. But didn't, I thought Nashville like beat somebody, of significance either earlier today or yesterday. Am I wrong? Well, the Sharks, well, the Sharks beat Toronto, so. 
Yeah, but who did the Preds <laughs> just beat? They played. Um, they played Minnesota today and beat them five to two. Yeah, that's that's what it was. I know. But you know, a, a broken like, clock is right twice a day. There you go. Uh, <laughs> our buddy Darren Stevens said, with Weatherby's goal, the Sharks have five goals from rookies so far this season, most in the NHL. San Jose had six from rookies all of last season, fifty-six <laughs> games. Uh, and with uh, Gadjevic's assist, San Jose also leads the NHL with 11 points from rookies. Now, let's also quantify that. Eklund hasn't scored his first yet. so. And I think we're, you know, we're, we're talking about everything going on here. We plugged Mark earlier. I think we got to give you a shout-out um, because, Do I get you know. Do e- points? Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> e- like – Every everybody during the preseason, everybody was talking about Jasper Weatherby, but in in my kind of analysis of everything, I feel like you were the only one who's like, yeah, he's on the team, he's there, he's going to make an impact, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, two goals, one assist uh, through the first five games, and he's you know um, pretty high on the on the module as well. He's uh, seventh on the module. You know, he's got that one low value goal, one high value goal. So, you know, quick shout out to you. You know, he I think he has, um, you know, you set the bar very high for him and, and he's reaching it. And <laughs> as you said earlier, uh, broken clock can be right. twice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got the receipts. Go check my Twitter. I was espousing the talents of Weatherby very early on saying that he would get the call over Gambrell. So confirmed, confirmed. Right. Um, the other thing I want to kind of ask you, uh, ask the the they, you know, mm-hmm. the the social people are saying, yeah, peop, many people are saying the the many social media people, those on uh, on the social, uh, they're usually very quick to give Bogner Bogner, I'm sorry, Bogner, <laughs> they're usually quick to pile that shit pretty high on Bogner when things are not going well. I don't know, but I'm I'm not seeing a whole lot of praise for Bob with the way things are going right now. Do you think that that is unfair to the boogeyman? I do think it's unfair only because, like, it, uh, the last, like I said, last year and and the the part of two years ago that he was the head coach, like he was being blamed left, right, and center for things that weren't really his fault. Mm-hmm. And and that's fine. It's going to happen. But if you're going to, like, if you're going to throw that much blame on him, I think it's only fair that you also throw praise on him as well. And now, as I always say, the coach does not put on the skates and go out there. But the coach makes makes lineup decisions. You know, the general manager says, okay, here are your players. Play them however you want. And so far, everything that Bob has done has yielded positive results. Even today, he threw the lines in a blender, and look, it got two third-period goals. I'm so, waiting for somebody to come down the pipe and say, this is all John McClain. This has nothing to do with yeah. <laughs> So let's get into some quick hits here. We'll go back to opening night, uh, you know, first night back. Uh, the Sharks evidently sold out the barn, although ESPN reported attendance at 16,137. Uh, so look, <laughs> there's a difference between tickets sold versus tickets scanned. Just let it all go. We're going to like bury that debate and let it die. 
But I wonder how much of an impact the vaccination requirement and the new bag policy had on those 1,400 people that didn't decide to use their tickets. But we're going to keep an eye on those numbers because many fans were saying on social media, uh, you know, complaining because that's why God invented social media, uh, complaining about the long lines to get in with the Clear app. Yet Jonathan Becker blamed the delays both on manual vax checks and the bags being larger than the new policy contributed. So most fans said metal detectors were actually the cause. Either way, the you know the truth is somewhere in the middle, and we'll keep an eye on it. Um, I'm sure the process will get better as people get used to it. As for the in-game stuff, uh, the Sharks have added, added LED lighting to the seats for a, uh, I don't know, either a futuristic feel or to really highlight how many people did not go to the game that night. <laughs> I mean, hmm. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll find out on Thursday what it looks like, but yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, we, I remember too, when the, when the NHL as a whole first implemented the metal detectors, you know, that jammed everybody up too. And now at least if you're, you know, if you've got your head screwed on straight, you know how to get through the metal detector. No problem. Easy peasy. Mm-hmm. And I think not to assign blame, but, you know, they uh, there are there are people who say, oh, well, I'm not setting up the clear app. I'll just bring my I'll just bring yeah. my card. And that's fine. But the problem with that is when you have six thousand people, let's just say who all do the same thing, it's going to jam everything up. And, and we. You know, I think we saw the product of that because, uh, you know, for the player introductions and the anthem, it, anthem, it was looking pretty thin in there. But, you know, by the time the first period got cooking, it definitely filled out a lot more. Yeah. Uh, returning to the tank. Yeah, I'm sure you you have to love it. Tacos. Sure. Tacos. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't there, but okay. Uh, but tacos. And when I say tacos, what I mean Ooh. is, uh, no. They bring back the four in the net promotion for you old schoolers that go back to the day of four in the net pizza you get from Roundtable. Yeah. I still have my keychain, dude. Right? With the Pepsi and everything? Sure. Yes, sir. Uh, but yeah, back in the day, I, I ate myself a lot of Roundtable because the Sharks were scoring a lot of four in the net. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so now it's tacos. Uh, speaking of kind of retro and bringing back things of old, Drew Remenda, <laughs> he returned to the broadcast on the radio side with Dan Rusinowski, evidently got a huge ovation with when he was shown on the Jumbotron. Um, I'm not taking all the credit for Drew's return, but I think a scotch might be appropriate. Uh, it only it only took seven years, but you finally wore them down. Right now, my my next project is to get the jumbotron replaced. <laughs> oh, What's it been? Fourteen years? I don't know. Get the cal- calculator. <laughs> uh, uh, on ice projection returned, which is nice because you might remember the last couple seasons they tried projecting onto curtains hanging from the rafters. They tried a cylindrical curtain hanging from the jumbotron, and it did not work out well because you had. Banks of fans that are like, I can't see what the hell is going on. But everybody can see the on-ice projection. Uh, The music that the Sharks are now playing is um, interesting, we'll say. Is it choice? Mm, It wouldn't be my choice. (laughs) Um, I'll leave that at that. Uh, And evidently, the organist we all came to know and love, Mikey Day, no longer at SAP Center. 
Uh, I'm not going to go into the ins and outs of why or what the speculation is. I have a pretty good idea of why he is not there right now. And again, we'll leave that there. Uh, besides all that, the Sharks introduced themselves a new in-game host, Emily. Uh, you'll remember former host John Root announced he was let go shortly after the NHL shut down in March 2020 for COVID. Um, so far, uh, it seems as though most people have said, hey, you know what? Uh, I didn't feel like I was being shouted at. Not as much on the microphone as John was back in the day. So maybe they've you know dialed that back and it won't be as intrusive to your in-game experience. Again, I'm still on record saying that I don't think any hockey team needs someone to tell them when to be a fan. But no real complaints so far. Of note, and let's get into it, during the ceremony of opening night, uh, you had guys like Barabanov, VL, Kanijov, you know, guys that were not dressed, not out there, that, but they were all acknowledged. But the one player who, of course, was not, Evander Kane. So let's get into it real quick. Uh, speaking of Evander. So the NHL dropped the bomb last week saying that he would be suspended for 21 games. Then Kane himself issued a statement saying he would like to apologize to his teammates, the organization, all the fans for violating the NHL COVID protocol. Uh, I made a mistake. One I sincerely regret, take responsibility for, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and the reason why I say that is because, you know, a mistake is pouring, you know, soda into your cereal instead of milk. Like you grab the wrong container. To me, that's a mistake. From what I understand, all the reports is like, no, he purposely tried to mislead the team. That's not a mistake. That is a choice. Uh, the Sharks... <laughs> To to but real quick to to borrow a expression from a a, a pretty popular movie called Mr. Deeds, uh, bu bu bullshit. <laughs> Continue. Yeah. So the Sharks issued their statement saying we're encouraged by Evander's commitment to moving forward, but we are extremely disappointed by his disregard for the health and safety protocols put in place by the NHL and Players Association. No more comments on Evander's status prior to the conclusion of the NHL's mandated suspension, which will occur, what was it, November 30th, I believe, is the first game he's allowed to return after the 21 games. So, um, I'm not going to get into the personal crap with his estranged wife. This just has to do with hockey. Um... Kevin Kurz from The Athletic asking, will Kane be permitted back to the practice facility? I can't imagine why he would be. Well, and that's the thing. is So he, um, uh, part of the, I guess, stipulations of being suspended is you're not allowed to go to facilities, NHL facilities. And the, you know, if you flash back a couple years ago, the LA Kings, when when they were dealing with all the Slava Voinov drama, had him out at a practice while he was suspended, and they got dinged for a hundred grand. Hmm. So, no, he will not be at Sharks Ice until his suspension is up, if he's even there at all. Yep. Um. But all things aside, like let's let's just say, for for hypothetical sakes, let's just say it's November thirtieth. The suspension is up, and for some reason, he's in the lineup. Mm -hmm. 
guy hasn't skated since August, maybe mm. even July. And an, another interesting kind of little tidbit, that game, November 30th at New Jersey, but that's an ESPN game. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I think that what the impression that you should be getting, at least from me, is that when this suspension is over, I would like the Sharks to just keep the good times rolling and not play him. Yeah. So Kerr is also asking, why wasn't he disciplined last season when he was flouting team rules? If you, if you remember, Bugner at the end of the season actually mentioned that, you know, there were some guys that weren't held to account like they should have been. Um, is there any way he can play another game for the Sharks? I, I mean, I, I say no. <laughs> but if not, I... is it? Is there a way for the Sharks to get out from under his contract, which has three years remaining after this one, at a $7 million AAV? Forbes did a great piece. Basically, uh, I mean, <laughs> almost but not quite basically saying that, yeah, the, the Sharks are going to have to eat this. Like, mm -hmm. they don't see termination happening. Well, and, and the NHL or the NHL said as well that termination was not an option because – in their mind, the suspension is punishment enough. Twenty-one games seems light for me for this, but I mean, when for, you see for a for a literal crime, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Kurz said, "Let's hope uh, Doug Wilson provides at least some insight into these topics because right now the decision to sign Kane to that deal at the cost of losing Joe Pavelski looks like the biggest error in his tenure, and it's not even close." <laughs> to to quote. A different EK. Uh, he said, we can only speculate as to what Hasso Plotner thinks because what's transpired with Kane is the sort of thing that leads to a front office house cleaning. Um, you know, it, so does he return the season? Is he paid to stay at home, bought out next summer? Because, I mean, who's going to take this project on now? You know, not anybody in North America. That's all I'm saying. And, uh, and with all that said, Evander Kane's jersey readily available at the Shark Store to buy. <laughs> uh, um, so there you go. And if you're looking at picking up a, a jersey from the store, take note of the uh, name and number material. Just saying. Um, Brian Witt on NBCSN Bay Area wrote that the Sharks are suddenly a possible landing spot for Jack Eichel. Do you believe any of that, sir? Well... Um, no, and I'll tell you why, because the, <laughs> the, um, I guess, I don't even know, the inspiration for this post I said, I guess, um, was no, nothing official at all. Yeah, I think like, it was like speculation that if Kane's contract was terminated. E it was not even speculation, it was literally just like a thought. Oh, a oh, hypothetical. Oh, then like, why were we even talking about that? No, that's the thing. That's the thing. So, and Pierre Lebrun oh. was on was on Overdrive and basically said, you know, if the Sharks are out from Evander Kane's contract all year, I wonder if they would do something that involves bringing in money, maybe like Jack Eichel. It was a hundred percent hypothetical, mm -hmm. and really just like a conversation piece. You know, there was no speculation or rumor or whispers or anything. It was literally just a couple guys having a chat. And so to see people blow it up, it's kind of like, well, I don't know if you listened to the hit, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's move on to a little bit around the NHL. Um, we 
mentioned earlier from the chat some comments about ESPN and TNT and all of that. We'll get to that in one second. But the Kraken finally had their first home game last night, which ended up being a 4-2 loss to the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Jerk, did you know that Seattle apparently has the best fans in sports? Just Um, like every other single city? Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds like everybody else. Yeah. So... Anyway, uh, and speaking of the Kraken, first goal in Kraken history, predictably scored by former Shark Ryan Donato because hashtag post-teal syndrome is real, people. I mean, that's that's how we drew it up, you know. Um, it's, it's exactly what we all expected. Just saying. Um, ESPN reported that the NHL is mulling over, relaxing the dress code for the players, and I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. You know, let them let them show off their personality. Let them be comfortable. I'm 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 someone who hates wearing you know collars and ties and suits, so I can relate. I think it's better to look good than to feel good. Looks like the Maple Leafs have already started relaxing it a bit. Looks like the Sharks mm-hmm. have a scotch. So hey, I'm all for biz casual. Um, speaking of ESPN and TNT, though, how are we feeling about this new coverage? I think TNT is the early winner. With the exception of Wayne Gretzky using, I don't know, furniture repair color sticks for his hair treatment. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, the ESPN coverage, I'm not sure because I haven't <laughs> I haven't watched the ESPN coverage just because the games that I've wanted to watch that happen to be on ESPN have also happened to be on other channels <laughs> as well. Um, that said, I have Arr. watched... I have watched some highlights. Um, I've watched some highlights of games that were on ESPN. I'm not really a fan of their interface, like their scoreboards mm. and the scoreboards and their graphics and everything like that. I'm not really a fan of all that. Um, I do like their usage of that classic NHL on ESPN theme. Mm-hmm. But I would say, in terms of the graphics and the interface and the personnel, I think TNT is uh, ahead so far. Yeah, uh, I would totally agree. I think they're killing it. Uh, having having much more fun with it. I mean, you know, the I thought the Gretzky firing at Charles Barkley was a little much. Uh, I get they're trying to do that crossover thing, but I'm like, mm, well, hope, and and hope and that it. was that was part of the plan with you know with splitting the rights. You know, was they wanted. Okay, so if a game, if you're watching a game on ESPN, you know the that crew, the, the it's going to be more more analytical, more you know sports, right? <laughs> and the the coverage on TNT is meant to be a little more entertainment based, a little flashy. And it was the idea behind it is that the NHL wants to you know do a little bit of double dipping, right? Like have some serious analysis, but also like have some fun with it as well. And I think. When you say that TNT looks to be a more upbeat vibe, I think it's a product of that different styles of broadcasting that you're talking about. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of ESPN, uh, you might remember a while back, Max Kellerman popping off saying, hockey is not one of the four major sports. I don't don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but... In, in the United States of America, no one really cares about hockey. You know, the old joke is every town has 20,000 hockey fans. They all have season tickets. So the arenas are always sold out, but the TV ratings don't do anything. So it's not one of the four major team sports. Although it- so uh, that was said, I, I'm not even sure when. What was it about? Maybe like eight, nine months ago or something like that. Uh, long before the ESPN deal was signed. And 
then Kellerman, he's already been dunked on by Barry Melrose. And then in the last week or so, uh, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman got in on the fun. Look at the fact that we have probably the most avid fans in all sports, not the largest fan base, but larger than some people have suggested. Uh, we, we, uh, we think that the opportunity, particularly with our new U.S. media partnerships, to continue this great growth is going to be terrific. Or these idiots who would suggest such a thing. Outrageous. Really? Commissioner, it is interesting. that Who who was that? It's unbelievable. (laughs) Hockey is, well, I was referring at the time to the total economy of the sports, of of NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and NHL. Yeah, Max, you weren't referring to the economy of sports. (laughs) No, it's always nice seeing Max Kellerman get flamed like that. Oh, dude. Anytime that guy gets his come up... Always a good thing. Uh, but yeah, listening to him try to walk that back, sure. Dude, you were talking about ratings, not the economy. I mean, yeah, the they impact some economics, but it, it wasn't the point you were trying to make when you were being you know snarky, but nice try on the spin job. Uh, reverse retro jerseys are reportedly returning next season. I haven't seen anything yet is, Will they be the same thing that we saw last season, or will it be a completely new re- series of reverse retros? Now, I don't know about you, but I feel like Fe- er, Phoenix. <laughs> that's how that's how retro I got. Arizona, Anaheim, Colorado. There were some teams that took the reverse retro ball and ran for days with it, and then there were teams like Detroit that went. Yeah, y'all got any duct tape? We got a practice jersey here. So uh, do you think next season when they return, because they've got multiple uh, you know, front office guys uh, saying that, yeah, these are coming back, and let's be honest, money drives everything. They sold really well, specifically the ones that I was talking about, the people that hit it or the teams that hit it out of the park. Oh, man. You know, you you cannot find those jerseys. They're hard to find. And the ones you do find, they're going for a premium on third-party websites, whereas the Detroit jerseys or who's someone else who, like, did really poorly? Like Nashville, maybe? Yeah, Nashville's a good one. Um, the Islanders. Yeah, those you can find just about anywhere. For like, they can't give those away. So I feel like with the jerseys returning, or with the, with the idea of the reverse retro thing making a return, I would love to see teams take this opportunity to go. Okay, we screwed up big time last season. Let's fix that. Right, and and to your point, you know, if you jump onto Cool Hockey really quick, the only teams who still have some in stock are the Maple Leafs and the Blues. What? Oh, and the and the Blues went with that clown thing, right? Yeah, but it goes it goes to show your point. So there were thirty one jerseys, and only two of them are left standing. Yeah, very popular. Money drives it. So and I I think if they do if they do do it again uh, next season, let's just say or whenever, I think a, a smart person would say they go with something completely different, just because, as you said, money talks. Yeah. And speaking of jerseys, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, Adidas rolled out their whole prime green this season and uh, the addition of what I'm referring to as depth stitching. So keep an eye out for that if you're at the Shark Store when they get the prime greens in. Compare and contrast the uh, 
the crest on the front of your jersey. I think you'll see some interesting things. Uh, let's get into some former Sharks here. Um, we are 19 away, good sir. 19 games away from one Mr. Ian Reed potentially shaving his head live on YouTube. That's right, because Martin Jones played and put up a 925 save percentage getting his first win on the season. He only needs 19 more wins and to keep it above, what what, what was it? It's got to be over 915, I believe. Yeah, it was, well, the, the big thing was getting 20 starts. Yes. Um, but, you know, yeah, 20 starts. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, minimum. not 19 wins. I'm sorry. God, that's my blunder. 20, yeah, yeah, 20 starts. Yeah, 20 starts and a 915 save percentage or better. Oh, all right, it's coming. Uh, Chris Tierney started off hot, got three goals in, in the first three games, so good for him. Uh, Joe Thornton has no points in three games, but he was fined under two grand for, uh, you know, splitting a guy in the smalls. Uh, Joe Pavelski's been quiet, one goal, one assist in five games, and Patrick Marlowe would like to know if you need a babysitter. Uh, the San Jose Barracuda right now have played three games. They are two and one. First loss came in a shutout versus the Condors. Then they picked up a 5-4 victory and a 3-2 victory versus the Colorado Eagles. Your goal leaders right now are Hobgawax and Reedy, each with two assists. Ryan Merkley leads with three. Nick Merkley and Captain Jacob Megna have two assists apiece. And your points leaders, again, the aforementioned Halbgawax, Ryan Merkley, and Nick Merkley, all with three points. Sachenko right now with a nice 957 save percentage, while Melnuchuk has been lit up, currently posting an 898. The Barracuda will play twice this week, Friday at the Tank versus those same Colorado Eagles they just beat twice, and on Halloween in Stockton versus the Heat. Uh, let's get to some prospecting, shall we? Uh, this is going to be a, a fun thing to kind of watch as we go along here. Uh, this is uh, I'm going to let Jerk kind of drive this, but uh, let's start with Tristan Robbins, named WHL Player of the Week, as three goals, 14 points in six games with the Saskatoon Blades. Uh, you have to love it? Yeah, I mean, like we talked about earlier, you know, the Sharks for years have been like, oh, we have all these young players and they're so good and they're going to make an impact and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and but nothing. Right, and and obviously all these guys, you know, Tristan Robbins, Brandon Coe, Daniil Gushin, Thomas Borlo, Ozzy Weisblatt, all these guys, they're still far away from making the NHL. I don't think anybody would dispute that. But, and I feel like this is just me and maybe some of the other prospect people involved with the site may agree, maybe they disagree, but I feel like this is the most excited I've been about Sharks prospects in a good while, even when the Sharks had exciting prospects. Yes, loving it right now. Uh, Brandon Coe, six goals, 13 points in eight games with the North Bay Battalion. Uh, look, tell me I'm pronouncing this right. Daniil Gushkin? Mm-hmm. All right. Add a hat trick this week with the Ice Dogs. Has six goals, 10 points in seven games. Thomas Bortolo, two goals, seven points in six games at the University of Michigan. And Ozzie Weisblatt, named alternate captain of the Prince Albert Raiders, has four goals and six points in six games. Again, jerk, uh, this might be the most excited we've ever been about the pipeline. And I don't know if, if the pipeline is getting the recognition that maybe some people think it deserves. 
no, I I would I would agree with that. I mean the 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 sharks, especially you're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of guys start to step up who were picked in that 2020 draft. The sharks had a very good draft in 2020, and I feel like rankings I've read, even rankings in the Athletic, you know, are kind of sleeping on a lot of these guys, right? And you know, you you, you hope that all of them, like you know, you want them to continue to play well, you want them to make like an impact on the team. Right. Mm -hmm. And, but this is a good start. You know, people say, especially in the case of, um, in the case of Tristan Robbins, you know what I mean? Like this is, you know, this is essentially his fourth full season, but fifth total in the WHL. And so you're kind of like, yeah, well he should be doing this. And it's like, yeah, he should. And he is, and it's good. You know what I mean? So (laughs) the, (laughs) the prospects, they just need to keep, like keep playing the way they are, keep like making an impact. And I know like the rankings and all that stuff, they don't really matter, but like, that's the best way to like build clout for yourself, especially back in San Jose. You know, if you know, these players, they play really well in their junior teams, you know, they become prime candidates to sign tryouts with the Barracuda when it's playoff time in the AHL. And, you know, the more games you play, the better chances you have at making a career. Well, and it's like you always say, let me, let me have my fun. Yeah, right. let, let me enjoy this. It, it's good, so that's good. <laughs> yes, as Ian Reid does. <laughs> so let's uh, start to wrap things up, and I'm just going to give you this moment. Go ahead. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. So, I've been waiting all show for this. And, and now here's the thing. I This is not going to be too big of a carve job because here's the thing. AJ said, you know, Carlson has been uh, Carlson has been a disaster the first two years of his eight-year contract extension, and all I want from him is to play like he's worth the money and make a positive impact on the team. That is what AJ wanted, Correct. and Eric Carlson has done that <clears throat> this year. Six points in five games, as we talked about earlier, but also he he seems to be making crisper plays defensively um in, towards the end of this boston game he was on his freaking horse to get that icing call towards the end of the game he just seems like a guy more engaged more ready to go and maybe that's a product of him playing um staying in san jose over the summer you know maybe it's the haircut maybe it's everything <laughs> who knows but he's playing like an $11.5 million player. He's getting in on the offense. He's playing well defensively. He's making things happen. This is what AJ wanted. And to AJ's credit, AJ has said, I give him props. He's doing exactly what I wanted. That said, Oh, here it comes. I would like to <laughs> remind everybody of this beautiful graphic here. And, <laughs> and, there, and there's actually an updated graphic that has AJ's face in one of those windows back there. <laughs> yeah, um... You know, Eric, Eric Carlson pushed AJ off the playground this week and said, give me your lunch money, punk, because <laughs> he, he's um, I don't know that he's making a believer out of you, but he's certainly taking his new his two Norris trophies and he's bopping you on the side of the head with them. Uh, look, my <laughs> my thing is, like you said, I just wanted him to play to that deal. You know, show yeah. me that that you can be a, you know top level defenseman if you're getting the most money as a defenseman in the league you should be at least challenging for the Norse and I don't know how many times I would see Jones looking to the sky there's a puck behind him in the net 
and typically the closest guy to him was Eric Carlson. And I'm not saying that Eric Carlson was directly responsible for that puck being back there. I'm just saying, so far this season in five games, every time there's been a goal behind Hill or Reimer, I'm I'm not seeing Eric Carlson involved in that. So, dig it. Keep and I, keep it I, up. I don't want to get too excited for five games. Let's see where we're at in 20 games because we saw this mm-hmm. before where he had that, I don't know how many times we've heard, we, we keep being reminded of, remember that six-week stretch between December and, you know, before the All-Star game and all that crap and he got injured? And I'm like, six weeks out of three years? Are you kidding me? So... Yeah, and I think, and I saw a little bit, you know, what we've talked about in the past with him is I, I you know, especially in today's game, I can I can point to at least three moments where, you know, and Eric Carlson, he's a high-octane guy. He does the high-risk plays in order to make something happen. And there were at least three moments where he, he was doing his job. And... None of this. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> no, and, 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 you know... Nobody on nobody who was on the ice recognized what was going on and and covered him. Yeah. Now, thankfully, none of those led to goals, but still, it's concerning because like you don't blame Eric. Like if 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 that goes the other way and it's a goal, you don't blame Eric Carlson for that because that's what Eric Carlson does. You blame the guy who didn't cover his spot. Yeah. And the Sharks, they they've gotten better, but they still need to. They still need to work out the kinks when it comes to Carlson and even Burns jumping up in the play. Like they need to make sure if that happens, they have a guy drop back because it's going to allow the offense to be more creative. But also, if things sort of blow up, they at least have a fighting chance defensively. Well, and we'll see if Carlson's time on ice starts to go up a little bit. Maybe they draw Burns back a little bit because mm-hmm. man, that's a huge discrepancy right now. Uh, Twenty-one. 21- I, I think. Okay. Really quick, and then we can get to Ruben. I think the reason, and I'm just speculating, but I think the reason why we're seeing Burns on the ice so much is because he and Mario Ferraro are the top pair. Yeah. And so you're going to see them out there the most, but also Mario Ferraro is the best defenseman, emphasis on defense, mm-hmm. on the team. And so if you're going to, you have Mario Ferraro out there to shut it down, it makes sense to have him out there with his regular partner. Absolutely. Uh, 21 pucks in the chat. Thank you for the donation saying carve AJ like a Christmas ham. Now I'm going to just respond to, um, I'm so, we so appreciate that donation, but I would have figured you've been, uh, I don't know, saving some cash to buy a Jersey. Uh, (laughs) let's move on to our tweet of the week. There might be more than, (laughs) I was going to say, I don't even know what it is. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, Greg Wyszynski, (laughs) <laughs> early in the month. Fun fact, there are now more hockey podcasts than there are players in the NHL. <laughs> I'm sorry. I That might be true. I find that incredibly very funny because it's uh, somebody had brought up on Reddit uh, in the last week or so about the Sharks not getting, you know, any media attention whether it's from local sports radio or or national or whatnot, which uh, you know, most people know is a drum that I've been beating forever that I, I, I broke the sticks. I, you know, the drum head is broken. It's hanging on the wall. It's just never going to happen. So fucking forget it. But I did post on there as a response. I'm like, yeah, that's probably the reason why there's like 17 different sharks podcasts now. So, and that got a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of upvotes, but look, it's what we want. You know, we all bitched and moaned and pissed and, and cried for, 
forever. And then we started, you know, Dudes on Hockey was around. We started up and now there's a bajillion other ones. So like, look, listen to them all, do, you know, enjoy the ones you like and, and pay no mind to the ones you don't. And we can all just be happy about it. Right. There you go. Including ours. If you hate what you're watching, uh, that's okay. But yeah. uh, leave, leave a thumbs down because the engagements help us no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we would appreciate it if you didn't, but hey, it, it, you know, all the same. This is America. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's our tweet of the week there. Um, did you know the Fanatic still sucks? It It's true, people. So I've heard. Yeah, so uh, this is one of the latest uh, sent over to us. You'll notice that it's a... Nice teal hoodie that says sharks along the front, but the idiots at the Photoshop group uh, evidently forgot to update the sleeves from Seattle to San Jose, although they remembered to do it on one of the photos, which makes you go, what? (laughs) This company is such a shit show. And on Twitter, this gentleman... Wait, I, I'm assuming his name is Ryan, but I don't want to... Uh, okay, I shouldn't assume, but this person, three and a half months and almost $200 to get this garbage. And the best part is, is at least you give refunds. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see if it's a full refund, my, my Mine is a return label. <laughs> yeah, a return label and blah, 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 which I think is so funny because when Fanatic sends out a fuck-up like this where they, you know, forgot an eight... <laughs> When they send out a screw-up, they still charge you to return it. It's like, wait a minute, you're the one that fucked this up. Why am I paying for your screw-up? Thus, why Fanatics is valued at like $10 bajillion right now. Because they charge you at every single turn. Well, not only that, but something else to make note of here in this situation. So, Andre Vasilevsky is number 88. Yeah, and I forgot it's not it's not even it's not even like this jersey was properly put together and then one of the eights fell off. No. <laughs> yeah, you in, can see the eight is dead center. <laughs> yeah, which means whoever put this together thinks that he's number eight. <sighs> Christ almighty. And uh, speaking of ridiculous pricing, let's go back to the Kraken for a second. Did you know that you can buy a water for $9? Yeah, dude, that's redonkulous. Climate Pledge Arena. A prime beef dip is $24. It's like, well, you can park your car or you can eat. Which would you like to do? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I think there's some other, there's some other things that they're doing though that I think maybe make it I don't know like cheaper elsewhere, so it's more expensive here maybe. But Oof. you're right. That is, I mean, at this point, like, like, dude, like I'm looking right here, like uh, beef tenderloin sliders, dude, whip that up at home. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no. Some of the roasted bone marrow. Ew. <laughs> yeah, like you could pay me twenty bucks. I'm not eating that. I don't. Yeesh. Maybe that's a Seattle thing. I don't know. But either way, yeah. You you see the prices for for food and bev at events, and it's just they are getting to be so ridiculously outrageous. I can't even. It's like, you know what? And and then to see teams complain that fans aren't getting there earlier, and it's like, well, yeah, because they're all at the local bar or the restaurant eating an affordable meal having an affordable beverage instead of your ridiculous crap so anyway I'll, let me let me jump off that soapbox before i go on too long so uh not bad for the first show of the season got it just a hair over an hour so it's cool i did forget to play the barracuda sounder but that's all right 
you can follow him at Hockey Jerk. I'm sorry. You can follow him at un- Hockey Jesus Christ. I'm going to get this. You watch. You can follow him at Hockey underscore Jerk. That's correct, right? Uh, so they say. <laughs> you can follow me at AJ underscore Strong. Uh, and if you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear us discuss, send them along to at TealTownUSA on Twitter. Don't forget to join our Discord channel where the chat never ends. Believe you me, it it never does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> check that's why you got sh- to turn off the push notifications and just check it at your leisure. Oh, and maybe the audio notifications for every time someone makes uh, a, a post. <laughs> <laughs> check the show notes for the links, guys. Uh, famous last words there, Jerkman. Oh boy! Well, a first week—the first week of Sharks hockey—is uh, over, and I and I think yeah, like today's loss, you could point to some parts of it and say yeah, that was really ugly, but I think you know it was not 60 minutes of ugly, you know it was maybe 35 to I would say 35 minutes of ugly, which is not great, but could be worse. <laughs> is the amount of time Aiden Hill was it? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> right, and I think if the Sharks look. It, this sounds like the dumbest cliche ever, but honestly, the Sharks don't really need to change much about their game. Like, Mm-mm. if they keep doing what they've done through five games, they're going to win more than they lose. And that's good if you want to make the playoffs. Um, and also, too, um, shout out again to Jonathan Dolan, rookie leading the Hockey Jerk module. Um, we got three games this week, so we'll see. And I'm feeling good about this top nine. Me too. Right? So, uh, you know, maybe that you plug and play. Let's see what happens when Kanija finally gets the rocking and rolling. Let's see what happens if VL gets a look once he's back. Uh, maybe Barabanov gets a, a little bit more time. Uh, I mean, we all remember that seven points in those last nine games last season. Yeah. Um, uh, unless you're under the assumption that he played his first NHL game today. Um <laughs> So with that, uh, we thank you very much for checking us out. We're here every Sunday, 7 o'clock Pacific, talking about that week in Sharks hockey. Um, I'm trying to think. Did I forget anything? I don't think I did, but check out tealtownusa.com. You can find, well, every once in a while, someone is motivated to write something. that When they have some things to say, and they will put them on the website, and you can Dude, find them. Dude, I'm... I'm telling you right now, dude, my 2018 trade deadline preview is coming. Oh, soon. dude, I'm so looking forward <laughs> to that. And Ian making a good point when it comes to the prices at the Kraken games. Dude, we're talking about the city that invented the $10 cup of coffee. <laughs> Yikes. He's not wrong. He is not so, wrong. So we'll get out of here, but something really quick I noticed. So it's, you know, when the Sharks play the Winnipeg Jets on October the 30th, That'll be the second game in this early season that the Sharks are on Hockey Night in Canada. I think that's pretty cool. And if memory serves, is that not a 4 o'clock start game locally? Yep, that's yeah. exactly why. Say now. There you go. Dig that part of it. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good about this. But remember, there are still some key injuries of note. Let's see what happens when those guys get back. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm I'm interested. I went into this season with no hope. I I have some hope. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you told me at the end of the first week at the during our first show that that the Sharks were like in the top three of the Pacific and Vegas was in the basement, I would have told you, oh, pull the other leg. 
I was gonna say you would. I would have said you're reading the standings the wrong way. Yeah, the, the, dude, turn them over. Turn your phone upside down. <laughs> and speaking of Vegas, oh, you giving uh, it the horse eye, are you? I am. They're current. They're currently playing the New York Islanders right now in Vegas, um, and they are losing one to zero. Hey now, uh, file under things you love to see. Yeah, it, it, it's uh, so. So I've been told uh, when three of your top seven players are injured, it's not good. Mm-mm. It is not. <laughs> so I've been told. So. Uh, so once again, everybody, thanks for joining us. Follow us on our social media channels, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit. There's always that Discord link. If you listen to us on an audio platform such as iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, whatever, if you could hit that subscribe button there and maybe leave us five stars in a review, we would absolutely appreciate that and if you ever want to support the show you can do so using that super chat functionality during the live shows but if you want to send us a donation on venmo always appreciate it at teal town usa so with that um i need to uh i guess fill up my gas uh my my little gas con- contraption container and uh top off the lawnmower because i feel like i need to uh Need to get on uh, some some mowing of lawn, if you will. Is that right? That sounds about right. Yeah. After, I mean, I, I gotta say, my last the last two years, my my lawn has looked spectacular, but um, feel like I, I'm starting to need to return the favor. So, <laughs> with that, he is at un, hockey underscore jerk. God damn, you need a new user ID. <laughs> I am AJ underscore strong on social. We'll see you next week for show one thirty eight. Take it easy, everybody.